Too Many Comics, episode 220. Brooks, you soon we will be able to record live and in person, but you are still in quarantine. I am. I uh, I finally fled the city, but according to Florida martial law, I have to be all by myself for two weeks, and I'm on day 11, 12. Even they have no way of checking in on you. Okay, that's funny you mentioned that. So it, it was kind of <laughs> so 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 this is is it being recorded. Let me explain how this goes. So you're on the flight, and I already knew this was the drill. And as you get closer to landing, they announce. And by the way, I have to say, I, I flew was not bad at all. Um, they did not fill the middle seats, so you don't have anybody next to you. What airline were you on? JetBlue. Okay. Uh, they, they the way they board the plane is also interesting. So they, they don't have zones anymore. They board from back to front. And to, to get so it's like these rows go wait, these rows wait, and that which is great. And then when you get your um, refreshments, but it comes to you in a sealed bag with water in the bag. You, there's no like obviously you don't get like booze and stuff like that. Not that I I took the first flight out, so it was not a good time to have a cocktail <laughs> um, on a plane where I was fucking terrified. I will say, big boy mask I wore. Uh, uh, eye shield. Uh, I, I, I did bring gloves. I didn't wear them, but I had sanitizer going the whole time. I didn't touch the trip. Nothing. As the plane gets closer in, they announced that we have to fill out these forms um, that are going to be turned over to the National Guard or whatever. You know, where you give like your first name and your last name and your current address, where you're going to be staying, your flight number, your return flight, which I don't have, um, and uh, why you're here. And but I don't know even I never write anymore like with a pencil and my handwriting has devolved. Oh like, yeah, mine's it's, terrible. Oh wow, like it's like shaky. <laughs> <laughs> and they go like you like you have to turn in your, your form and then also like, they don't give you a writing utensil on the flight. That's another thing. They're like, here's the form. If you don't have a pen, you have to wait to get off to do this. So I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you get to keep the pencil if you want. Of course, Ooh. I threw it away. I, I threw it away. So, but because I'm not a lawbreaker, I'm more like, well, you know, I also, the penalty is up to 60 days in jail and maybe $500. I mean, I prefer the $500. That seems to be way more lenient than two months in jail. But anyway, so that's, that's where we are getting close. It'll be a relief to just be like, okay, back on the hometown. Let's do this. The hometown, which is now the epicenter of the coronavirus. <sighs> no, <I'm, laughs> not the hometown but the home state is at least um you know jacksonville is less populated than areas Broward like miami County. and such yeah. that are you know, being hit hard uh but for the amount of people here i mean cases have definitely gone up positivity rates are up uh the state in general is doesn't appear to be in great shape good to be here <laughs> well let's uh talk some comics then it's been a little bit let's do it so the new mutants director still hopes to complete his trilogy, and I tell him to uh, stop hoping. How about just release the first one? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, what kind of headline is that? Like, I mean, like, maybe he's just being, you know, ultimately after all this time, I was able to make my new mutants film, and I'm proud of it. What I'm hoping for now is that it will be successful enough so the studio will allow me to complete the trilogy. I've got it all planned out. Like, dude, you know that's not happening, right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I mean, the way it goes, when part two. Let's just say when, even if when part two comes out, be like they aged a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> New mutants. I mean, I mean, they filmed this like three years ago. 
and they haven't even, you know, in theory, even started the the, the true like you know um, screen. What's it called? Screen script, screenwriter. What's it called with the screen? What do you, what do they call it with you in this in the Oscars? For, Screenwriting? What, like, what, I don't even know where you're getting at. Um, the, the script, I guess, suppose. It's, it's not, it's okay. not right. Um, but I was trying to put like screenwriter in there. And it, I look at that's actually what they call it. Anyway, that's not even happened yet. Let alone pre-production, let alone shooting, let alone post-production, let alone release. No. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to... So the multiple times it has been delayed, it apparently is supposed to hit theaters August 28th at this point. But... You know, we're still looking at coronavirus, and who knows if the what theaters are going to be doing? Who knows what Disney's going to want to do? Um, I'd say the odds of that coming out on August twenty eighth are slim. I just say VOD. Let's just come on. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, just release it. Let us see it. It's fine. I do. I, I mean, we we talked before about things like Black Widow, and would you pay twenty bucks? And you said yes, and I was like, no way. I, I think I would do it. I know you would. I think I would do it. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, and just I want to see it. Just the trailers look so good, and oh. yeah, I, I realize it's PG thirteen, but and I'm not quite that. But come on, let's do it. I mean, come on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what that's what we should, what we should do. Uh, the last time we talked, we kind of saw like a tease for Umbrella Academy season two, which is coming out in late July. We still have not. They've been you know releasing little images and some stuff on social media. There's still no actual full trailer. Uh, but the synopsis for season two has been released, and it is as such. Five warned his family so, so many times that using his powers to escape from Vanya's 2019 apocalypse was risky. Well, he was right. The time jump scatters the siblings in time in and around Dallas, Texas, over a three-year period starting in 1960. Some have been stuck in the past for years, but have built lives and moved on, certain they're the only ones who survived. Five is the last to land, smack dab in the middle of a nuclear doomsday, which, spoiler alert, Turns out is a result of the group's disruption of the timeline. Now the Umbrella Academy must find a way to reunite, figure out what caused Doomsday, put a stop to it, and return to the present timeline to stop that other apocalypse, all while being hunted by a trio of ruthless Swedish assassins, but seriously, no pressure or anything. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm all on board. And I don't think this pulls from, like, uh, any of the books. No. So, but, you know, completely new even readers won't be sort of spun up on what's what's been going on so that's exciting i think so too when is this coming out i think it's july 31st if i, I remember like correctly I like, i'm feeling it i like that so not too much longer good all right so we'll just uh it's you know it's been a couple of weeks there's a lot of books that had come out um so we just skip whatever the debut review was at the time um for next week we are going to read batman the smile killer uh, this is the follow-up to Joker. It was it was called Joker the Smile Killer, right? Wait, are you no, saying Joker you, Killer Smile? You just not read Dead Day Number One? I'm just going to like we can include it in the red this week because it was a debut review like three weeks ago at this point. But did you read it? Um, no. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed it actually. All right, well you can talk about it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week we'll pick up and read Batman the Smile Killer. It wouldn't be a Joker story without a surprise, and right on cue, here's an unexpected one-shot epilogue to Joker Killer Smile. Young Bruce Wayne grew up watching the Mr. Smile show, and the show might have been watching him back. And not only was young Bruce watching, he was listening, listening, as Mr. Smile spoke across the airwaves only to him. The Eisner award-winning creative team of writer Jeff Lemire and artist Andrea Sorrentino land one one last gut punch, turning the mythos of Batman on its head in the most devastating trick the Joker has ever devised. 
Yeah. Now, if I remember right, we both enjoyed Joker Killer Smile, but thought because it was only four issues or three, three, three. Yeah, it just like abruptly, it, the, the story moved too quickly. There was more there that could have been explored, could have been done. It was very good. Just you know, we just wanted more. So you know, this is a little bit more. We'll be slightly different, but just <clears throat> excited to have these two uh, back on Batman. I mean, I mean, Jeff Lemire has had a lot of hits, some misses. Andre Sorrentino, killer artist. This is true. Killer. Killer. All right. So you traveled recently, as as stated. I have quite a few things going on in the personal life uh, that just in case anyone I work with listens to this, I won't say what it is. Uh, what is? But, <laughs> but I've been super busy. Um, I did read uh, Deceased, Hilbert World's End 2. I'm, I'm fairly certain I think I read 3. Um, I downloaded youth to read okay, so, and have so, not. So I'm just kind of like going through mine. Um, this, this is all just to say, I haven't really read that much. And what I did was like weeks ago and don't really remember it. So I'm leaning on you for this portion of the show. Okay. So at world's end was when black Adam was, uh, a, mm-hmm. sort of over the yes. sovereign nation yep. where they have eradicated all the zombie people. Yes. I remember and, this. And, and they're kind of like, can we let us in? Yes. And he's like, fuck off. Yes. And somehow that just, just that doesn't work out. That's and these and these go by so fast. Mm-hmm. These little things. Okay, uh, at World's End three revolves around the Flashes who are trying to mm-hmm. get get people get people out, and that doesn't go well either. So it's all gonna come crashing down. I mean, that's I think that's the the way this whole thing goes. And yeah, <laughs> I, I read them. I told you before uh, this this whole thing low stakes because it's not. It's not, it's not the main reality of, of DC Comics, but you, if you want to see your favorite characters get fucked over, this is the book for you. This is it. I mean, I haven't, I've been enjoying it. Like it, it does go by really fast. I think I mentioned that on the first one because it's, um, you know, landscape, and it sort of like cuts the page and ha- specifically designed for the device, but in doing so, it still stays at like the twenty-six page, twenty-two page level. And yeah. It just goes by super fast. I mean, there's just less to consume, uh, which is good and bad. But it's nice that it like repeatedly comes out sort of each week right now. And, comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's easy enough to just breeze through. So those two, I did for sure read. All right. So let me go back to Dead Day Number One. Um, so this is one of those books where uh, it's not quite zombie-ish. It's by. Uh, it's out of who publishes this? Who publishes this? Uh, Aftershock. Uh, Ryan Parrott does this along with. How the hell do you pronounce this? Evgeny Borenikov and Andy Clark. And it's all about if the deck come back for one day, would you want them to? And that's sort of the talk of the whole book. Like, they're going back soon and blah, blah, blah. And there's a family and the mom's boyfriend uh, has died from years prior. That And she's married now, nuclear family. And the anticipation of allowing her to have this night with a former paramour. And but, it, but I thought it was very well done. Given that it was a week where we didn't have a whole lot to read, um, if you haven't downloaded it, it's five bucks. I saw, by the way. I think I did buy it actually. I thought so it was I really will good. Read it. If I spent the money I, for it, I will read it. I thought it was really good. It really did. Um, and I, I, again, like I said, I didn't have any expectation. I didn't, you know, uh, think it was going to be crappy. That was pretty good. So there's that. Okay. I also read Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Are you, have you heard of this? I mean, I, not, I know of them, yes, but not this new book. Let me explain 
this is also dynamite. And I read this because, so apparently they've been doing Nancy Drew Hardy Boy books for a while. I, did, I was not aware of this. Back in 2017, I saw a few things. Uh, it's written by a guy named Anthony Del Cole with art and cover by Joe Isma. That is why I got into this. Mm. And the, it centers around uh, Nancy Drew has been murdered. And, and I'm not spoiling anything that's in the title. And uh, I can't remember which one. One of the Hardy Boys is on the prowl and trying to really get to the middle of you know, organized crime and blah blah But we're both fans of the guy. And when you put that – and it's very well done uh, narrative-wise. When you put that layer of Joe Eisman over it, it's like this feels very comforting to me. And uh, I've already subscribed to it. I thought it was awesome. I encourage oh, you to sweet. do the same. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Did you see he has a, he has a new uh, creator-owned book coming out? I thought you told me that. Uh, Joe Eisma? Yeah. I'm trying to find the details on it. So it's called Engine Ward. It's coming out of Vault Comics. Comes out looks like July fifteenth with a writer named George Mann. Um so that's something I have seen him tease it on Instagram. Uh looks cool, looks like his art, obviously. Um, sure. so I'm you know, it, and he did note it was like his first creator owned work since Morning Glories. So uh he's taking it very seriously. And I imagine when it comes out it's probably something that we'll take a look at just for you know, friend of the show. Yep. So, but I have subscribed, and uh, that was awesome. And yeah. I would encourage you to do the same. Um, so, I also was excited about this. You know, I read that book, Nailbiter, years ago. Um, this was done by uh, Josh Williamson with Mike Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, with art by Mike Henderson. Uh, I thought it was great. It centers around it's a town. It's a, it's a, it's not a real town in Oregon. I don't want to say it. Buckaroo is what, is what it is. Where for some reason a number of sewer killers have come out of there, and they're not sure why that is. Nailbiter is one of the most famous of all the serial killers. They're back. A number of the ones that had sort of gone by the way they, that they thought were dead. And I got to say, once again, as you know, and I, I got this without having to pay, without having to like, you know, buy it because it was in my subscription still and it just came back alive. Uh, a la Day of the Dead or whatever the hell mm. it was. <laughs> when everyone went, I'm sorry. Uh, it was called Dead Day. Sorry, guys. Anyway, uh, let's, let's get it right, Brooks. It was awesome. Again, because I enjoyed that so much, you at one point threatened to read it. Did you ever pick up that at all? Uh, I read quite a bit of Nail Better, yes. And I had this as something that I wanted to check out. I should probably – does it dovetail right off the first one? Like should I make sure I finish the first? You should finish it because there are, there are answers that happen in that. Okay. And this definitely does – You know, I, in fact, I would almost be envious of you to finish it and go right into this because I had to be like, wait a minute. What, what was the – how do we – and you would have that intel going – if you go linear into it, uh, that I had to take a two-year break or whatever the hell it's been. So that was cool. Uh, U4, this is by Kurt Pyers. Uh, this is the end of the run. Um, this is a book that came out weekly, and it involved, I say this every time, uh, what I thought was going to be sort of a coming-of-age story. And, you know, it's a gay couple in high school. And I, I don't mean to sound like that's <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mean to be singing a song. I thought it was going to be more in that route of a book. And I was just like, well, I need something to read. Because that stuff's coming out. But back then it was not. Uh, and it takes a real turn, a la Chronicle, which now I remember it, by uh, Josh Trank. Trank. Okay. Uh, and it, it, the, the, it just threw the roof. The, 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 the amount of, like, twists and turns and violent acts and, you know, what are we – what? That continues to be bitter into this book. So, But I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, they leave it fairly open, and I'd be surprised if it didn't get some type of, you know, extension that way. But I enjoyed it. Excalibur finally has come back out after months of not having happened. This is one of the X-Men books uh, that's being led by 
a character who used to be called Psylocke, and I'm still weirded out that they changed her name, and now she's called Captain Britain. Um, I don't love this book that much, and I worry that I don't like this character that much because I really enjoyed the version that was, frankly, ex- exploitive and <laughs> not appropriate. But I, that's, I met her when I was 11 or whatever, and that's who I've known all this time. So to have her back in her original body and in a book this way, this is not, it's not what I've known. And it's mm-hmm. such a, such a polar opposite that I'm like, I don't know if I like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving it my best shot. Is it like and, back on a regular release schedule now? Yes. They, all of them are now. Okay. All the, okay. Uh, Gideon Falls 22, Jeff Lemire, Andre Sorrentino. We already discussed, you know, that, that combo of a team, uh, because this book didn't come out for a while too. I was a little bit like what's happened, but they, they I, I don't know if this was intentional or if, if uh, they're just that good, they kind of remind you what's happening in this book so far. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. And as you know, this book flies by every time because they have like these big wide spreads without mm-hmm. where it's like, which I, I, I like because the art is so phenomenal that you're like, oh, we're done. And that was consistent with this issue. But, you know, obviously we're, we're in and of course, it's, now it's coming to TV as well. So that's fun. Uh, New Mutants 10. Here's something that I want to point out about this book. They share creative teams on this. So on one week, it's John, one, sorry, one week, one book, it's Jonathan Hickman. And on one book, it's Ed Brisson. And the art is also different too. And I gotta say, I greatly prefer the Jonathan Hickman version in both ways. And I, I was actually online, uh, well, all the time, but I was was like, uh, reading some message board or some shit. And somebody goes, I only buy the Jonathan Hickman books because you don't need to read both versions. It's like two different total books. They have different casts, different directions, different art, different tones. And I'm like, I might do that too. But as you know, that that makes you be that much more on top of when to buy it. Because you can't be like, only subscribe to Jonathan Hickman's books. So uh, that's it. So in in a very condensed way, that's what I got through and how I judge. It all sounds like a little much. Yeah, dude. What are you going to (laughs) do? Just read the Hickman stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I support you and I promise to do my part for the next episode. Got it. All right. So this news is a couple weeks old by this point, but I feel like something that we should touch on. This whole back and forth between Diamond Comics and DC cutting ties. Um, You know, I, I read through this in DC may have done them dirty by saying like, hey, we're going to open up sort of like some RFP type scenario, submit like a bid and they never kind of took it seriously. You know, Diamond's upset about it. DC's doing its thing. Um, We've talked a few times on the show about, you know, we don't work in comic shops. I guess we don't know the full scope, but like why is just all comic distributing controlled by this one company? It seems like not an efficient way to do it or to there be no competition or why can't Marvel just do things itself or, you know, why isn't there more self publishing and, you know, the, the whole single issue thing of books only survive by pre-ordering these issues. Like it's all sort of jacked up. Yeah. You know, maybe COVID will be the impetus of like some change of that going forward. And that, that obviously puts like a lot of local comic shops in flux, which, which isn't cool. Um, but I don't know. I found this sort of big story of these two going back and forth. Uh, it seems like it could lead to a bigger deal down the road. 
I mean, I'm for it. But like you said, I don't understand how this works. Yeah. Or I mean, that, it has to be the way it is. I mean, like at one point the USPS was ruling it all. And then we threw in UPS and we threw in other FedEx and mm-hmm. a few others. We can make it happen. We can do, other people can get involved here. I mean, I think you and I should get the biz. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's distribute. Uh, DC and Spotify cut deal for multiple scripted podcast series. I'm down for that too. Yeah, this could be this could be awesome. I'm surprised that you know, Marvel did the I think it was called the Long Night or something, the Wolverine one that they did, but it was like on Stitcher only for a while, and then they released it elsewhere. It was like a weird setup. Uh, Spotify is natural. I mean, they've been capturing a, a you know buying up a lot of podcasts recently. Um, you know, but definitely not for this. And like, it, there's great stories to be told. They all can't be TV shows and movies and animated movies. Um, you know, get, and not everyone's going to read a comic. So, you know, but a lot of people will consume a podcast. And so just start telling them that way. I think this is an awesome idea and, uh, I support this big time. Me too. Hawkeye TV series takes working title from Kate Bishop comics. Anchor I mean, points features Kate moving to LA. I mean, this is exciting. I mean, I think what went again, uh, sucks is beyond the lack of casting news and what have you. When they film this, <laughs> <laughs> come on! They have at least supposedly resumed like Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff, um, Scarlet Witch stuff, you know. But who knows? At least with those things, they don't have to rely on a movie theater. Um, so just, I'm sure they're just chomping at the bit to, you know. It's been so long since they've released a movie. I'm sure Black Widow is still in flux a little bit. I'm sure they're hoping to get out in fall, but you know, who really knows at this point? But something like right. Falcon Winter Soldier, if if they can do reshoots or films and you know in bubbles of places that they keep things under control, um, they can really side the Disney Plus at any time. And you know if people are on lockdown or staying at home, more people will be itching for something like that to watch. So speaking you know, speaking of itching to watch, can we just go right into? The TV deal of Descender and Ascender. Yes, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Gwynn's Descender and Ascender Land TV deal. According to Variety, the Image Comics series has been picked up by a Canadian production company, Lark Productions, which will develop and produce a television adaptation. It's major. Mm-hmm. Major. This is true. Um, Descender ran from 2015 to 2018 for 32 issues. Ascender debuted in 2019. I imagine it will probably be the same length. It seems like they'll probably follow a similar path. So you're looking at 2022 for this to end. Um, these books are awesome. They're, mm-hmm. they're great stories. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they're done television-wise. Um, you know, what kind of budget it gets to work with. Obviously, they're, especially in Descender, there was a lot of you know robot-type battles that sure. could be done crappily, if like not <laughs> invested correctly in. I love that adverb. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it's there's great material here to work with, and would love to have this opened up to a wider audience. I mean, I'm super excited. Yeah. So I mean, it's probably not going to be for a while. Um, that reminds me, there was one other piece of news. I must have forgot to put it in here, but um, Why the Last Man was moved from FX to FX on Hulu. I don't I know if that matters. Well. Does that mean it's not going to premiere on TV at all and just be on the Hulu app? Like I don't, I don't quite understand that. I mean, I, I think so. Okay. But Either way, the, just make the fucking show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So uh, let's go into, okay, so Joel Schumacher, who's made a variety of films, mm-hmm. uh, to me, I mean, Lost Boys, I, I like a lot. 
but also was known for sort of pivoting out of um, Tim Burton's Batman film series after the first two for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which I never actually saw Batman Forever, and it should have been probably Batman 4, which should have been called that, don't you think? But mm-hmm. um, And it would have been like 4 dash ever, sorry, but um, ruined the franchise. And, you know, Michael Keaton, who played Batman in the first two films, stepped away. Uh, it was later played by Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. So he's he has died this week at the age of 80. So I think he lived a pretty good life. I don't know how he died. Uh, an hour later, it's broken that Michael Keaton is in talks to return as, the, as Batman. <laughs> and, the, and the DC Universe movies to play sort of a Nick Fury type mentor person, an older, older type but what that means for Ben Affleck, I don't know. But that's just very curiously timed, don't you think? Yeah. That's, Why that's does what, he need to? What I mean, like, like, like he's dead. I'll yeah. Do <laughs> um. Okay. Like I, the more the the more news that comes out of all these Warner Brother movies, the less interested I become. I know. It, it's like yeah. I I want to see Suicide Squad two. Uh, simply because of James Gunn, you know, I would like to check out Wonder Woman. I'm not in a rush to get to a movie theater anytime soon, even when it does come out. So, you know, at some point I'd like to see that. But these things of like, you know, rebooting Batman and is Henry Cable still sticking around? And, you know, we're going to pull the director off here. Now Ben Affleck's not involved and it's Robert Pattinson. And I'm like, I can't keep up with all this stuff. Yeah, and there's no, you know, this is and now Michael Keaton's gonna come back in and I mean, like, back, what? Like, like, like you know, I love, I love like nostalgia. I mean, I'm with you. I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, that's good. Birdman. I'm like, I'm on the Wikipedia of all these movies now. I'm like, I probably at some point need to. It's probably a complete waste of time to rewatch these, but something like Batman and Robin. Like I was 12 when this came out. Um, you know, I remember seeing it. I've probably seen it multiple times over the years. But even still, I'm just like, I don't remember much about it yeah. other than it not being very good. Listen, I took my little brother, who was younger than you, to see that in the theater. We're talking, he might have been like 10. I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, when did it come out? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, June 1997. So he, yeah, he was nine. And even he, at one point, was like, this isn't very good. I'm like, <laughs> yes, everybody chill. Yes, yeah, stupid. Very it's stupid. like it's funny to go down the cast because when you think of like the movies now and how centered they are on like focusing focusing in on one big bad villain or one storyline like this Batman and Robin movie had Batman, Mister Freeze, Robin, Poison Ivy, Batgirl, uh, Bane. Robert Swenson played Bane. Like, <laughs> like how, okay, many, how many characters okay. did you guys work into this? It was a lot. In fact, it was a lot when they even had the Penguin and Catwoman. In the second one, I was yeah. like, it's kind of split up here. Yeah, they're and, kind of just, no one had the foresight to just like space these things out. They're like, we got to get every character in there. Yeah, well, because they want to make toys. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The budget was $160 well, million and it made 238 That's not good. Mm-mm. That's a flop. It is a flop. Flippity flop. Well, anyway, dude, uh, good to talk to you in the same, uh, oh, you're not even in Duval County, in mm-hmm. the same state, anyway. Yes. And uh, looking forward to getting together soon. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can, we get, can we get fried pickles? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yes. yes, baby. Yes. All right, man. Well, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, glad we're back on track. We, we should be because we're mm-hmm. in the same 
state yeah. in a way of confusion. Yes. All right, man. All right. Until See next you. week. I've been reading too many comics.